Well, hello and welcome to a Christmas Picks podcast over here at Her Little Sons. I'm your host, Ryan Ritter. You can call me Andy Tex. And as always, you can catch us live over here on twitch.tv slash Her Little Sons. Subscribe over on the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you happen to get your podcast feeds at. And make sure you join us over in Discord. That is our live chat channel, herlittlesons.com slash Discord. Of course, you can always find us at our home at herlittlesons.com. And with that said, I bring in Eddie. Howdy, how you doing, my friend? Buddy, I'm doing all right. My presence is your presence. So y'all must have been naughty out there, seven <laughs> listeners to the podcast. But I'm looking forward to doing some more balls, my friend. How about yourself? Yeah, I've I've been doing pretty decent in the picks. I, I need to have more confidence in myself and stop fading once we get to the actual action because I see the line move and I'm like, ooh, maybe I should get fancy. Uh, but no, I should not do that. Uh, you doing good as well. We're both above 500. Uh, I am six and three. You are five and four. And that brings your record, Eddie, to a stellar for including the balls in the regular season. Oh, we got something. Merry Christmas, and as always, fuck Michigan. Thank you, Benny. Uh, it's always a hearty fuck Michigan. Is always a good way. That that has holiday cheer written all over it. Uh, but yes, Eddie's record is now 106-101. I am 101-104-1, just three games below 500. I'm fighting this bowl season to get back up to that even number. I'm almost there, but yeah, it's gone pretty well. And in the uh, HLS pick them, Fitter ND has uh, eight wins which is quite the heater. So only one loss so far. Uh, Nate, the great one win behind and look at me. I am in third place. What? How? And that is awesome. And no, Eddie, before you ask, there are more than four people in here <laughs> before you ask. So there are five participants in the bowl pick and confirmed. <laughs> no, uh, but yes, uh, so far people doing pretty solid in the pick them right now. Uh, the majority of folks over, uh, uh, 500 or better only a handful actually below that mark so good job everybody but yes we are here i had round one of christmas tonight with my parents heading off over to bama to visit my sister for the christmas holiday so i got christmas eve tomorrow with the in-laws and then a nice christmas day with the family but we got some pick business to attend to before all of that eddie so are you ready let's <laughs> let's go baby <laughs> Why well, has the tea up, man? <laughs> I thought I thought you were going to say, but before all of that, Eddie, something, something, something. No, no, we're, we're getting right down the business, and we are going to start with the walk-ons Independence Bowl. This is happening after Christmas, so if you remember the last episode, the last game we picked was on Christmas Eve because we were not going to try to push that episode out and then hope you listened to it before that game went on. So we're time traveling a little bit. Thursday, December 26th, Louisiana Tech takes on Miami, who is a seven and a half point favorite. Total in this game is 50. Who do you got, Eddie? I jumped on this when it opened on both the spread, on the money line. It opened in some places, uh, if, if you look on Action Network, some places had it as high as 10 and a half. I might have it at 10 plus a decent little money line. We're all over Louisiana Tech on this one. You think there is any goddamn way that the Miami Hurricanes are going to roll in Beaveport, <laughs> Louisiana the day after Christmas and give even half of a shit about this game? Nope. <laughs> there's, there's no way. It's going to be like the time they were in the Sun Bowl a couple years ago. 
they're not showing up for this game. They are not going to care at all. La Tech is winning this football game outright. Not to mention the fact that Miami's not going to give a shit. One of their starting receivers sitting out. Two of their starting defensive linemen sitting out. And then, because let's steal, we're going to steal a lot from the Bear. The Bear had some good stuff on Twitter the other day. So, rawr, Bear facts. Let's get that, honey. What do we got? Miami's one and eight straight up in the last nine ball games. Oh, Jesus. They were favored in five of those, lost four of them. Against the number, they're two and nine in their last 11. Fade the fuck out of the Canes. (laughs) Rob that money line. This is, they are giving you this. Too many people are going to see, wait, Miami versus Louisiana Tech. Miami's a real football team. These people haven't watched football all year. This is free money, kids. Let's go. (laughs) La Tech coming. La Tech coming. Uh, I'm on this as well. My actual notes that I have here, Eddie, I made sure to get my thoughts together knowing it was going to be crazy tonight. Uh, LOL Miami is what I have written down on the Miami side of my paper. Uh, This year against G5 teams, they are 0-2 against the spread. <laughs> Louisiana Tech, on the other hand, is 9-3. and And like Eddie said, all the other reasons, Miami has been playing freaking awful. One of those 0-2 losses against the spread happened straight up against FIU, where, remember, they got throat slashed by a kicker on an extra point. When that happens... A, a meaningless extra point. A meaningless extra point. Your soul leaves your body. Your football soul is dead. There's nothing that is recovering the season. Like Eddie said, now the quote unquote reward for all this crap is to go into Shreveport the day after Christmas against a team they'd rather not play. They they have looked absolutely trash and atrocious all season long. This is a team that lost to fucking Georgia Tech. This is all kinds of bad for Miami. Lot Tech coming. Again, I agree with Eddie free as free money gets get on it before it drops too low uh yeah that seven and a half is a gift all right next up we gotta uh, speak about great bowl destinations how does detroit sound eddie in the quick lane bowl <laughs> hardest pass <laughs> all right well in here we got eastern michigan and pit pit a 10 and a half point favorite the total is 49 and if you think there is any chance in hell I am taking Pitt as a double-digit favorite, you are sadly mistaken, y'all. Uh, not to mention that hook on the key number of 10, also a very, very horrible deal as well. A total of 49 tells me that this is going to be an absolute rock fight. I'll be honest, I don't know a whole hell of a lot about Eastern Michigan, but I know plenty about Pitt. And this season, the last time Pitt was favored in double digits, it was 24 and a half, Eddie. Can you guess what team they played in that game? Uh, mm. I want to say George Tech. That's no, right. The mighty blue hens of Delaware. Oh, wow. They only won that game by three points, 17 to 14. And you expect me to take them against a bowl team, a bowl eligible team? And look, the Mac, I know we had that said about the Mac in the last pod, but man, the Mac has been coming this bowl season. Mac's still going to be coming. Go ahead and give me Eastern Michigan. Who do you got, Eddie? 
The Mac has been covering at a, a much higher rate than usual, but you really hit the nail on the head. I'm not laying double digits with Pitt. It's just not going to happen. Both of these teams like to keep things low scoring. I mean, Pitt has gone under the total in eight of their games this year. I would expect, like you said, you're going to get a rock fight. Uh, from the Bear, rawr, Eastern Michigan's two ball games under their current coach, Chris Creighton, a lot of C's, a little alliteration for the children, uh, have been decided by a total of six points. Oh my God. <laughs> Michigan covering in both of those games. I expect a close game here. I, I've made a lot of jokes about Detroit over the years. And in case our listeners think that's me mean to Detroit, you're exactly correct. Fuck Detroit. <laughs> RoboCop was a documentary. Just trash pile of a city. But I'll give them this. They know what they're doing. And their bowl gift selection. Oh, I'm interested in this. It's pretty good. You get yourself a Best Buy gift card. All right. Get yourself some nice JBL headphones. Ooh. You get a life-size, they call it a sticker genius, life-size Photoshop decal of your own likeness. So essentially you get a fat head of yourself. Okay, that's awesome. <laughs> that and is then awesome. you get into the typical hoodie, shirt, hat, backpack, football, mini helmet. That's it. I mean, that's a pretty good haul. That is a solid haul. You're not exactly going to be enjoying the beach like you're in the Bahamas because, you know, you're in fucking Detroit. <laughs> but it could be worse. Oh, absolutely. All right. So let's move on. The next bowl is the Military Bowl presented by Northrop Grumman. And we have a matchup between North Carolina and Temple. North Carolina favored by five and a half. The total is 53. Who do you have, Eddie? This is a tricky one. Uh, You know, you and I talk about motivation a lot. And the motivation question in this one is, is a little tricky. I feel like Mac Brown has done a pretty damn good job with Carolina this year. You know, six and six, they, they didn't do anything to really light the world on fire. But given what they've been going through the last couple of years with the NCAA issues, all the problems they've had with their football team, it's been a pretty impressive turnaround. And Mac Brown is, he may be a lot of things, he may not be a lot of things, but the man knows how to motivate. I have, I have long said when he was the coach here at UT in Austin, I was waiting for him once he retired to run for the governor of Texas. Because he, I mean, you could listen to this guy forever. He knows how to get people hyped up. So I think Carolina is going to be hyped up for this game. Their quarterbacks had a good year and Temple's passing defense has been slightly suspect. But all that being said, I like Temple getting points here. I think that Temple's going to have essentially a home crowd given the proximity. This game's in Annapolis, so uh, it'll be a lot easier for Temple fans to get there. And for some reason, I think UNC folks are going to be focused on different sports than (laughs) football at this point. Go figure, right? (laughs) So even though I expect Mac is going to have his guys in the game, I think Temple will be looking at it just like, hey, you know, we can get over on a big team. Uh, And and I think talent-wise, they actually match up pretty well. So I will take the points in this one. I'm taking the points as well with Temple. 
Uh, if, we're, if we're looking at trends, they are eight and four against the spread. Uh, I, I really like their defense, but but not only that, more so Temple's been playing really solid football all year long. Uh, in North Carolina, I agree with everything you said. They've been trying to rebuild the program, but the way they've gotten to bowl eligibility has been squeaking through games. It hasn't been really having a, a dominant covers uh, by any means. And yes, this is under a touchdown, but I could see if, if North Carolina is to eke this one out, it's because they have to go for two at the end of the game. They kick a game-winning field goal. Something along those lines is how North Carolina wins this. Not only that, North Carolina is 4-2 and two straight up as a favorite, so they haven't even won all their games as a favorite. And then you dig a little bit deeper. Those wins were against Georgia Tech, Duke, Mercer, and North Carolina State. Out of those four, the most impressive win is Duke. They're L's, App State, Vatech. So you face a team with a pulse and you're North Carolina and you're favored. And things haven't ended well this season. So I'm looking for that to continue. Go Owls in this one. Next up, we have the New Era Pinstripe Bowl doing the absurdity of playing a football game in a baseball stadium. Notre Dame fans will remember that this field was absolute dog shit when they played there. Hopefully it's in a little bit better shape for Wake Forest and Michigan State. Sparty is a three and a half point favorite. Wake Forest is, uh, excuse me, 50 points is a total here. And I am taking Wake because there is not a chance in hell. I'm taking barely became bowl eligible Mandalorian freaking wannabes keeping their helmets on before while they're walking into a game that they go losing getting fucking hats because they got a team win for being bowl eligible. D'Antonio has absolutely lost the script. Michigan state is all over the place. And if we're talking about motivation here, I don't think those hats did it. it and that stupid helmet thing that didn't help against Michigan. It's not going to help against wake who actually has a pretty functional offense. They were at one point in the season. It's, it's a long season, but if you will remember, they came out on fire at the start of the season. That offense can cook. Michigan State has no offense, and their defense has a lot of quit in them. We've said it before. We've pointed it out on this podcast many times. I look for that to continue. I'd take Wake Forest straight up in this one. Who do you got, Eddie? Under. <laughs> if you must force me to pick one of these godless blasphemous exhibitions in a baseball stadium i'm with you there's no fucking way i'm gonna lay points with michigan state this year that's crazy to me both of these teams are terrible against the spread sparty's three and nine wake force is only four and six here's something that scares me all the obvious caveats oh it's early uh, i mean there's less than 2,000 tickets it's not that many folks but still 41% of the bets are on Sparty, but 74% of the money is on Sparty. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't like that oh, one no. bit. That scares me. The good news for our purposes is, again, you know, getting this from Action Network, there has been line movement on Action Network. So it's okay. not like it's stuck where it's been. That's good. That's good. So that lets me get over that in and of itself. I mean, you said it best. Sparty has absolutely no offense, whereas Wake Forest, especially early on this season, can put up points. 
That said, 50 is, I don't know, two scores too high, maybe. I will happily take the under. You know, unders in a baseball stadium is always a safe bet. <laughs> and any time you're so involving weird. Sparty, I mean, what's the max they're going to get? 20? Maybe. I mean, what? They, they scored against Northwestern, and I think that was it this season. Yeah, I, because Northwestern gave the ball away instantly because they also had no offense. <laughs> I will I will take Wake Forest probably on the money line, definitely on the under this oh god and the you know the pinstripe bowl it's just miserable you're playing outdoors in the bronx in a baseball stadium and your gift we actually i forgot to say it during carolina carolina's got the best carolina and temple got the best bowl package maybe there is these guys you know what you're getting a Hat, jbl right? gift card and a bunch of hats <laughs> garbage this is what happens when new era sponsors a bowl game what what will what, what rewind what is uh unc and temple getting uh they're getting a 60 inch vizio 4k oh, ultra shit. hdr smart tv and a portable speaker yo <laughs> yeah like that's that's pretty sweet <laughs> that is awesome look we're that's either going in your dorm room or uh, fetching a decent price somewhere else. <laughs> Let's be honest here. Surely an NCAA athlete who is there for an education would never do such a thing, Ryan. No, um, absolutely not. I don't know where my head was at. <laughs> Anyways, moving on to the Academy Sports and Outdoors Texas Bowl, where Eddie's nemesis, Oklahoma State, ranked number 25 in the nation. We'll take on the Fighting Aggies of Texas A&M, who are five and a half point favorites. Total on this one is 54. Eddie, who are you taking in this one? You made me pick this first on purpose, you son of a bitch. Nope, just this. You lead, and then it was every other. This is, we're going uh, in chronological uh, order, sir. I have not skipped. This is just how it happened. You finally learned. I see how it is. Look, my pick's been locked in. Like <laughs> everything's locked. Oh, that's in true. That's true. Up. You are locked in. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm gonna take Okie State here. Obviously, no matter what I do, I'm cursed. So, so I'm probably giving Ryan a free point because he'll go with his family and take the Aggies. <laughs> but when it comes down to motivation, again, I don't think A and M is gonna care about getting over a former Big Twelve foe unless it's tech just because that was such a a violent rivalry weirdly or texas or maybe oklahoma just because of the name they don't give a shit about okie state okie state on the other hand you got an old rival you've got mike gundy who's always looking to get something to crow about you've got an sec team that they can go up against and you've got to think mike gundy is always looking to keep cashing in and get more extensions. Whereas Jimbo's checks are cash for the next eight years. <laughs> He's good. Jimbo does not give a shit about this game at all. So I think Okie State's going to be a little more motivated for this one. And AM's going to be missing their top defensive tackle, whose name is it Matabuki? Sounds right to me. I'm, I'm not sure <laughs> how know. to pronounce it. Uh, you know, the real question for this one was, is Chuba Hubbard going to play or not for Oklahoma State? As of today, and obviously things could change, but as of today, according to ESPN, Chuba Hubbard's going to play. 
and he is a real threat. So I like Okie State here. I think they can score enough to uh, to stay close. I wouldn't hate the idea of maybe sprinkling a little on the money line. I don't think the Ag, you know, yes, this game is in Houston, so it's a little closer for Aggies fans. But also, Aggie fans aren't exactly going to get hyped for the Texas Bowl, I wouldn't think. You know, they, they may be more excited to go to the part where the, that we'll see during the commercials where the players have to do the rodeo. It's always <laughs> just fucking hilarious. But I don't see them caring too much about this game. So I'm going to take the points with the pokes. I am taking the Aggies, and I do hate this pick, but I'm glad you picked Oklahoma State because now I feel a little bit better. Look, the Aggies have had a rough-as-hell schedule, and even that being said, they've played like crap most of the season. Let's be perfectly honest. They have not looked very impressive. There's a lot of things that are very worrying about this Texas A&M team, but the thing is, is I just think they flat-out have more talent than Oklahoma State. Like everything Eddie said about motivation, especially on the coach's side as well, and the player side. Like if AM just decides they're going to take a break in this one and just not give a shit, yeah, they're going to get caught. But if they actually play to their potential, which is asking a lot this season, because when AM has been favored, you know, to actually win, they haven't always showed up. I think they were, can't remember if they were favored against Auburn, but I know they were favored big against Arkansas and they did what they do every year and let Arkansas stay in it. And then they, when they played really good teams, they look like hot garbage. And that was every number one team that they faced. And also when they played Georgia, they look like garbage there as well. But look, Oklahoma State has one weapon, one major weapon. Let's put it that way. They're, you know, So if they can keep Chuba Hubbard a little bit contained, I see Texas A&M being able to pull, pull their way out of this one. The other thing I like is that the line in this one has actually moved to AM minus seven last time I checked it. So I'm getting a point and a half extra right now is the way I'm looking at it. So go ahead and give me the Aggies. All right, one more before break, and that is one of the few ranked matchups that we're going to call. It's the only ranked on ranked matchup on this Friday. And that is number 22, Southern Cal taking on number 16, Iowa in the San Diego County Credit Union Holiday Bowl. And in this one, Iowa is favored by one and a half. And look, this is a game, Eddie, where they just got to circle the wagons for Clay Helton. Southern Cal, noted Southern Cal enthusiast, is on the Clay Helton bandwagon. They did the right thing. Wow. They did the right thing by keeping that man. It is going to lead them to bowl victory. And they're going to retain him. They are going to extend him. And they're going to continue the glory and stick with recruiting classes that are aspirational peers to Brian fucking Van Gorder. <laughs> I love the path that they're on. And this win will just seal everything up because no matter what SC fans do, no matter how bad they want to lose, it's not going to happen. Because while Iowa has a good defense, they're 18 in the Saplus. They're also the 11th ring pass defense in the NCAA. They have actually yet to play anybody along with this kind of an offense, so I legitimately actually hate this matchup for Iowa. On the other side of the ball, Iowa's offense. Hang on a second. Fuck SC. Look, you have to respect a program. You have to respect your rivals when they make the right 
morally sound decision. And I, for one, respect the hell out of Southern Cal for the path that they are on. Give me SC. Who do you got, Eddie? Oh, God. Look, here's the problem. (laughs) Southern Cal is the right pick here. I mean, you look at the last half of the season, Krampus Sliders has been legit good. Their passing offense has been fantastic. You took the words out of my mouth with where I was at in this papoose for defense, but you have to question that number because what have they actually seen of a passing offense with the Big Ten teams that they've played? They definitely haven't seen any receivers that are like SCs led by the Pharaoh. You know, I think Southern Cal is the right pick. You know, they also, they didn't lose Graham Harrell. They didn't, which was which actually lot, surprising. <laughs> yeah, I was very, I think most of us were expecting that's how that was going to go. Somehow, they kept him, uh, which I think is actually going to be way more important for them long-term than obviously keeping Clay Helton is. Because I don't think Clay Helton's around for the long term anyway. They got to circle the wagons here, Eddie. They got to do it for their boy. I mean, I was missing a starting defensive end. They're missing a starting offensive tackle. And you look at the Holiday Bowl, which historically has been one of the more shenanigan-filled bowls. And Kirk Ferentz is kind of the antithesis of all that. So almost by every metric that you can think of, Southern Cal is the right pick. But fuck Southern Cal. We're going with Iowa. We do have one thing that makes me feel a little better. We got a bear fact. All right. Since 2015, Iowa has been favored by less than six, 13 times. Do you know what their record is in those games, Ryan? I do not, sir. It's 13 and 0. That's pretty impressive. That's pretty impressive. And with only a point and a half, there's not a lot of scary wiggle room there. So we're going to take the Hawkeyes because if for no other reason, I will never, ever, ever be described as a noted Southern Cal enthusiast the way that Ryan continues to live his life in a life of sin, obviously getting coal in his stocking in two days for his foolish ways. Fuck Southern Cal. How dare you disrespect an institution that is making quality decisions on and off the field, Eddie. Don't Google off the field stuff with Southern Cal. That'll end bad. Now's a good time for a break. We'll be back with some more. We'll be back with some more bullshit. Go ahead. Aunt Aunt Becky, bribe me, baby. Let's go. (laughs) That's the least of their problems off the field. (laughs) Anyways, uh, yes, we're going to go ahead and take a break. We got the shenanigan of all shenanigan bowls coming up next, as well as do your six in Notre Dame. Okay, we are back. We got one more Friday bowl to pick before we move on to Saturday, and it is the bowl that all of us are looking forward to. We got a taste of it once, and we're just hoping the second serving is just as good. And that is the Cheese It Bowl, y'all. Air Force, Washington State, and Air Force is a two and a half point favorite with a total with the Service Academy team 
at 68. Ooh, who do you got, Eddie? Man, <laughs> I, I think we're putting – we, we have to separate. We have to separate last year's tease it Bowl from reality. That was a pocket universe in and of itself, the likes of which I don't know if we'll ever see again. <laughs> you never know. We said that about the Belk Bowl, and look what happened. No, that's true. But we then got four or five Belk Bowls in a row to prove it. Exactly. Somebody's got to take over the mantle. Belk's dying this year. I, you're, you're not wrong. <laughs> I'm just saying I'm not ready to steer full into the skid of the Cheez-It Bowl being the fucking chaos engine <laughs> that it was last year. But Mike Leach is in it. That being said, you've got Mike Leach involved. You've got a service cat, a 10 and two Air Force team. A very which, good Air Force team, y'all. I mean, I've, I saw a few Air Force games. They were a solid team, but looking at the record today and seeing 10 and two got me by surprise. I was, ex- I thought I had in my mind like eight and four. I was not expecting a 10 and the, two. They're ranked in the game. AP poll. No, they are. I mean, they yeah. had a great year. <laughs> And I'm actually going to take Air Force. You know, you, you're looking at a Wazoo team who last year was up there for New Year's six games. They were, they were in it pretty late, had a lot of success with Gardner Minshew. This year, not so much. And then, bear fact, wow. The bear Mike is sounding Leach. more like a cat the longer this episode yeah, that goes. Yeah, that was a little more feline than I was going for. I don't know what happened. I'll get the producers to uh, patch in better sound effects. <laughs> Just uh, like the actual Cats movie, huh? <laughs> that's, yes. Topical humor. That was the joke. <laughs> Mike Leach in his last nine bowl games, one and eight against oh, the number. Shit, really? Yeah. Damn. That's real bad. That is that's pretty re- awful. That's real, real bad. Uh, I don't have a lot of faith in this Wazoo team. They've been involved in some weird-ass games. I really don't think they're going to give a shit the way that Air Force will. Uh, hold on a second. Hold and on, hold on. Plus you know Mike that, Leach equals hilariousness. That's what we're hoping for. Go ahead, Eddie. Sorry. You know that Wazoo likes to go through the air. Who better to defend the passing game than the Air Force, baby? <laughs> Give me the Falcons. Oh, I love it. I'm on the Air Force as well here. There's there's several reasons. One, look, I know you said that the Cheese It Bowl existed in this pocket universe alternate dimension last year. I feel like they're trying to steer into it themselves. You're gonna give me a Mike Leach team who did they had a quarterback that threw like nine touchdowns in a fucking game and lost. And then not only did they lose. They lost to Chip Kelly's UCLA. Go take a look at how that team did this past season. Meanwhile, you got an Air Force team that is actually, like Eddie said, it's surprising to see a 10-win Air Force team. Nobody's been paying attention to them. They're not on anybody's radar at all, which really, if you got big old planes not on your radar, you're kind of fucking up right now. I'm just going to say, that's very bad military strategy. And I meant, well, actually, you know what? Pirate ships, Eddie, they don't have radar plane versus pirate ship it's a problem (laughs) you can't argue with science you really can't argue with science what's a fucking cannon gonna do against an f-18 you tell me anyways it it depends if it hits or not a cannonball still 
fuck up an F eighteen pretty good. <laughs> if if we're if we're well, if we are talking cheese, and honest, somebody somebody's gonna like point the stick right at the freaking ship and get hit head on by a cannonball just because it didn't move. But look, if we're really searing into craziness, a service academy team winning in a damn shootout. That is as crazy as it's going to get. I'm ready for it. I'm ready for like a Mike Leach quarterback to throw 12 fucking touchdowns. And then Mike Leach's defense can't stop shit the entire time. This game, if it is not hilarious, I will actually be disappointed because it just, it seems too easy. It seems way too easy. A triple option team to give Mike Leach fits. And then Mike Leach just chucking the ball deep downfield. Air Force not being able to cover the Cougars full time. Weird shit's going to happen. Man, I can't believe. You know what I really want to do, Eddie? And I'm, I haven't decided if I'm going to pull the trigger yet. What's and that, that is take the over in a service academy game. And I'm really tempted to do it in this one. And that's a damn near 70 points I'm looking at right now. And that's well, just, I mean, it's all kinds you of could, wrong. You could, as long as there's only one service academy, you're okay. The question is, you know, you're looking to continue the insanity of the Cheez-It Bowl. The Cheez-It Bowl insanity was a very specific brand of insanity. <laughs> and it was a complete and total clusterfuck of what looked like the caliber of Pop Warner football <laughs> with 27 turnovers. You know, the first the first half of you know, the first half of the Bad boys, Gasparilla mo- uh, Mowers Bowl today. Oh, it was trying. <laughs> was trying to keep up, and they were only about halfway there. So you're relying on the same level of chaos, but the wholly opposite brand of chaos. And you're you're walking a dangerous line, my friend. I I caution you. I like as, as your friend in counsel. I just I just I want you to be careful with the route that you're going. <laughs> Because you're going a dangerous, dangerous way. You're you're walking down a path I cannot follow. All right. (laughs) Let's go to Saturday. We are going to do some time travel here because obviously there's a bowl game at noon here that we will pick last since Notre Dame is involved. But let's talk New Year's Six. Let's pick three of those games that are occurring on this day. And we will start with the Goodyear Cotton Bowl classic that is so classic they don't even play it in the fucking Cotton Bowl anymore. Number 17 Memphis. I know. It still pisses me off. Number 17 Memphis. Number 10 Penn State. Seven and a half point favorites are the Nittany Lions. Total in this one is 59 and a hook. And man, God, this really concerns me what I'm about to do here. But here is the bottom line for me. Memphis can put up points. Penn State is a more talented team. Penn State is also not to be trusted with large spreads, and the hook is on the absolute wrong side of a key number right now. Memphis, I think, has just enough firepower to be able to keep up, and Penn State, and James Franklin in particular, is more than willing to let an inferior team hang around longer than need be. We've seen it against Michigan. The best half that they played was against Ohio State, and then they couldn't keep up there. Uh, I think that had less to do with Franklin, more to do with Ohio State, but Franklin plays aggravating style of football when he's a superior team. I think Penn State should win this game, 
I don't know if it's going to be an easy win. I think it's going to be frustrating. I, I'm not even sure if this is really a backdoor cover. This has the feel of something that's going back and forth like crazy in the second half. So with all that said, with the hook being on the other side of the seven, I'm going to take Memphis. Who do you got, Eddie? There's a lot of interesting factors in this game. Obviously, Memphis lost their coach, Norvell, to Florida State. Mm-hmm. Uh, going with an interim coach in this one. On the flip side, there's James Franklin. And you and I have similar faith in his X's and O's game day ability that has been off discussed on this podcast. I wouldn't say it's a very high opinion of the gentleman. <laughs> I think that's safe. <laughs> One of my big questions coming into this game is, was KJ Hamler going to play or not? You know, he's a redshirt sophomore. He could obviously come back to Penn State. As of now, he is set to play in the game. The only quote that I've seen from him is that he's going to talk about his uh, draft decision after the bowl game. So for all intents and purposes, sure does seem like he's playing on Saturday. Then we walk back to the good old-fashioned motivation question. For Penn State, okay, it's a New Year's Six game. That's great. They've been in a a few of these last couple of years. But it's not like they're playing USC. It's not like they're in the Rose Bowl. They're going to the falsely named Cotton Bowl (laughs) to play Memphis. Seeing the Tigers across the field doesn't exactly get the blood boiling for a Big Ten team that going into the last month was still actually in a position to play for it all had they won out. Mm -hmm. So I don't necessarily think they will be nearly as motivated on the flip side. Of course, you have the question for Memphis losing the coach. How is the team going to rally? Some teams bounce back. You know, last year I talked, I, we went into a long discussion of, oh, they get abandoned by their coach, let's fade those teams. And I think those teams went 3-1 and one last year on a yeah. dead coach bounce. Yeah, they were Whether- surprisingly on doing just five. We have one this year, FAU, the, who we both Lord. picked against. And Jesus Christ, did they kill the ponies. Yeah, that uh, I, I told you before the podcast that I was, I was hoping to stay hot because I was coming in on a bit of a heater. I would be doing a hell of a lot better if it wasn't for that SMU FAU game because I was heavily invested on the ponies. And then at halftime, I heavily doubled down on the ponies. Thinking <laughs> they're definitely going to come back, right? Let's chase it. Let's fucking yeah. chase it. <laughs> yeah, that chase didn't work too good. Your boy got trampled and pecked to death, much like the ponies did by the owls. But so I, I, I don't have a good read on how a team is going to bounce back when losing a coach to a, a, obviously a better job. I think there's maybe some difference in a situation like this where, you know, are the players really going to blame a guy for going from Memphis to Florida State? It's, I would it's hard to God. hold a grudge. It's, it's hard to hold a grudge on that one. Right. So because I, I think the motivation is more on Memphis's side, a fun bear fact. Wow. Oh, there we go. Oh, there we go. We got the growl back. You just see the commercial well, break. More bear. <laughs> I just, I need to reload the bourbon. Uh, Penn state has played five bowl games under James Franklin. Okay. Every single one of them has, has been decided by seven points or less. Wow. 
and all five has been a total of 21 points combined. What? Yeah. Damn. And the the differential. I know, yeah. So, That's still so given we've got seven and a half to play with here, I like that. And here's what we're really going to come down to. <laughs> That's a lot to. of room. <laughs> yeah, well, we're taking Memphis because of this. You have it as a seven and a half point spread, correct? I do. Yes, that is where our, the the HLS Pickham has it. That's where we all got locked in at. Yeah, the Action Network folks have this had it open at nine and a half for Penn State. All right, sixty seven percent of the bets and fifty fifty six percent of the money is on Penn State. Okay, according to Action Network, the line is now seven. So it's come down slightly. Okay. So that's it's right on the number, right on it. <laughs> it's right on it. I'm, you know, I get the hook. The movements, the movements, a little interesting, but not terrifyingly so. Since we still get the hook, we're gonna keep with Memphis. I I just think the motivation is what gets me. And anytime I don't have to rely on James Franklin on a game day, I feel much better. Yes, I, I think that is a good principle to follow in this one. I think that's very safe. All right, it's semifinal time, which it feels weird. And, and I just want to talk about this because we have an entire other podcast devoted to New Year's Eve, post-New Year's Bowls, and the majority of them are freaking garbage. And the, <laughs> some of the best games are going to be on the Saturday. It's so weird. I know a lot of it is calendar weirdness, but... Man, sometimes college football just doesn't make sense how they do some shit. But anyway, number four, Oklahoma. Number one, LSU, who is a 12 and a half point favorite. The total in this one is begging for a shootout at 75 and a half. Goodness, this is a semifinal game. This is the largest spread I think we're going to pick all day long. What do you got, Eddie? Tigers, without question. This, this is actually one of the most calm and confident picks that I have of this slate. I think LSU is a much better team than Oklahoma. I don't think it mattered who ended up in the four seed. This was a sacrifice game, in my opinion. I, I, just, I think this year we have, you know, last year it, it worked out very well with four teams. Uh, the year before, I thought we, got, we had a good four-team slate. This year, there are three teams that are clearly above the rest of the league. Oklahoma is a very good team. Don't get me wrong. Had Utah not blown it against Oregon, I think they would have been a fine entree as well. But when it comes down to it, LSU is way better, just hands down. You know, Oklahoma has no defense. And then you get into the turnover-prone nature of Jalen Hurts, especially in the last month. Am I chalking part of it to a curse of the broken wagon? <laughs> yeah, I am. They've only covered one game since then. I'm, I'm not a superstitious man, but I know voodoo when I see it. <laughs> and when you oversteer your chuck wagon and throw off some poor little blonde, and then go check on the wagon. The gods are not going to support you, Oklahoma. Jalen Hurts is too turnover prone. The only thing that gives me pause is Edwards Hilaire, LSU's phenomenal running back, one of 
the most violent runners I have seen in a long time. He comes out wanting to put punishment on linebackers the way that typically a linebacker wants to put punishment on a running back. Hurt his hamstring last week. Uh, or Coach O earlier today said that he is progressing well. You know, he's, he's not on crutches. He's out of a chair. He's, he's working up, but there's no sure way of whether or not he's going to play or not. That scares me a little bit, but I think that you could wait him out even and do enough with your passing game against Oklahoma's secondary to still get by in this game. Not to mention the fact that those boys from Oklahoma, they smoke their joints all wrong, in addition to rolling their joints all wrong. <laughs> you got your top pass rusher suspended, one of your best running backs suspended, some other dude got suspended too. You can't walk into a game like this without all your best weapons. And let's look at it this way. Oklahoma's record in the playoffs has not been great. They're already 0-3. Are they the Atlanta Braves of college football? They just might be. Let's find out. I'm going to take the Tigers. Yeah, I I fully agree with you, Eddie. Uh, I was pretty much ready to take LSU minus anything well before the suspensions happened, and that just made it all that much easier. Uh, Of course, the news broke uh, last Wednesday uh, with that going down. But yeah, LSU is on a different level. If you if you listen to anybody as far as like from a, the national perspective of of people trying to figure out like you know just talking about college football in general the general consensus has been yes just like you said there is the top 3 teams and there is everybody else and it is a steep drop for everyone and that's exactly where OU is like Jalen Hurts like you said has been extremely turnover prone and that has not helped matters at all. And let's also look back to the last game that OU played. They nearly lost to what Baylor's almost walk on quarterback with as many injuries as they were facing <laughs> in that one. And Pretty now much. you want to go face Joe Burrow. Jesus, that is a rough matchup. Look, Oklahoma's defense has improved. But it doesn't matter. Georgia had one of the best defensive units in college football, and they got taken to the fucking woodshed and back, y'all. That was just straight murder. And this is coming from somebody that was confident Georgia could cover that game. And that was a horrendous choice on my part. I am not making the same mistake twice. I am taking LSU. I don't know how large the number would have to be for me to be afraid of not taking LSU in this game, but I know 12 and a half ain't it. It's not even close to being it. We have to get a little bit higher in the twenties because this just, this feels like all kinds of murder. This feels like a game that should have the under as well, because LSU's defense is, it's not bad either because the other side of that Georgia game was that, well, they're okay. They've had their moments, but I'm I'm just saying one of the closest games they played this year, I was at against a not that great Texas team. I, their defense is not fantastic, and I'm not really going to put Georgia's offensive performance as, oh, you really shut them down because, well, if Georgia gets 21, it's a good day. Yeah, well, I also remember the murder they did against my Aggies as well, and not saying the Aggies are a powerhouse either because I sure as shit know better. Uh, but 
I think against Oklahoma, they can do enough havoc. They can cause some more turnovers. Jalen Hurts, I swear he's good for at least. And it happens in the biggest games, too. That, that's the craziest part. It's happening in big moments for Jalen Hurts. And I would be shocked if that doesn't continue. I don't think LSU needs turnovers to win this game and cover, but I think it's going to happen anyway. This should be fun and just demonstrate how far LSU has come. I like that Eddie said, I know voodoo when I see it. Damn, I I never thought about that, but that's a good way to explain some of this shit right now because Coach O and LSU is on some shit right now, and it, it is fun to watch. If you have yet to watch LSU play football season one, what the fuck are you doing? Two, how don't no unsubscribe we don't (laughs) want you here the fuck out of here college football is good watch college football you clown i am just saying that make the time to watch this game because it is going to be a hell of a lot of fun to watch a this is like fight club i wanted to destroy something beautiful LSU is going to do something mean to Oklahoma. And and like Eddie said, that Sooner Schooner, since the wheels have fallen off, I think the only game they covered was in Bedlam of all games. And look, that's a rivalry game. What do you do? You throw the books out. You throw all the record books out. And that includes strange wagon curses. That includes your dumbass mascot running into a fucking parking meter. Science. You can't argue with science. You cannot argue with science. Uh, and I didn't even mention where this is. This is the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. You don't you mean to tell me that LSU fans aren't going to come out in mass to fucking Atlanta for the opportunity to then know that they don't have to travel far for a fucking home game for the national title? Oh, but no, they're they're all geared up for this one. Give me LSU. I'm not even thinking twice about it. Now we move to the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl. And this is another semifinal where number three, Clemson, the disrespect of that number three, two and a half point favorite, just the disrespect of being favored over number two, Ohio State, total is 63 and a half. And look, I'm going to be pulling against my pick here because I would love for nothing more than for Dabo to get shut the hell up in this game. The problem is I don't think it's going to happen. And here's why. All the jokes about disrespect aside, Clemson's defense is something fierce and something absolutely nasty, the likes of which Ohio State has yet to face. And I know Ohio State has torn their way through some good defenses this season. They haven't faced anything like Clemson at all. And on the other side of the offense, you think, well, Chase Young can make a big impact here. In big games, good teams have found ways to keep Chase Young from wrecking too much havoc. Not that he's been rendered a non-factor because when you have to scheme particularly for one person, he's already made an impact on the game. But Chase Young is not going to be living in the backfield against Clemson. This team's going to be able to run. This team's going to be able to pass. They're fully loaded. And look, all of Dabo's bullshit, his team's bought into it one way or the other. Once he was able to spin this entire disrespect promo, Clemson has just been murdering people left and right. And look, I know they have not played anybody worth a shit. I understand that. I get that. I really do. I just don't think it's going to matter because Ohio State has been picking on people with less talent, far less talent. 
and Penn State nearly jumped up and bit him in the ass. Wisconsin nearly jumped up and bit him in the ass. The one time that happened to Clemson, and happened early in the season, and no more did that ever happen again after Mac Brown gave him a scare. Clemson is a solid football team. I'm not nearly as confident in this pick as I was at the LSU pick, but you're going to give me a field goal on this one. I think Clemson is just got a slight talent edge here. I think Ohio State's a damn good football team. But basically, when it's a two and a half point spread, I feel like you're asking me, who do you think's going to win the football game? I think it's going to be Clemson. And it'll be Clemson close. I don't think this this being within a field goal feels right. It's going to be a hell of a lot of fun. I'm glad this is the primetime game. I am going to be 100% locked into this one. My kids better go to bed on time. Who do you got, Eddie? I am so fucking excited for this game. It's going to be so good. This game is going to be incredible. I mean, what a fantastic matchup we've got here. These two teams are incredible. These are both very, very, very good teams on both sides of the ball as well. Uh, you, could, you could make the argument that neither have had the highest quality of competition this year. But when it comes to a strict talent perspective, man, these, these teams are evenly matched. They're both incredibly talented. I, I'm like you. It's going to make me sad to have a happy Dabo but I won't even be that mad because there are so many players on this Clemson team that I really, really enjoy watching. I'm taking the Clemson Tigers here. Uh, I'm, I'm looking for an all-Tiger battle so that I can do the same <laughs> dumb bit for the title game. Let's see if I remember Maybe you'll it. pick up on, maybe you won't. <laughs> on, Odds on are one, you won't. I one, think you're one, like one, one in nine. One game to pick. I'll still fuck it up. <laughs> Probably. You're like one in nine. It's your record on getting that bit is almost as bad bad. as your record against me and bets. Fuck you. (laughs) What a fucking matchup though. This is going to be an outstanding football game. I think you put it best when you talked about chase young, you know, chase young, obviously there's a reason he got the invite to New York an incredible weapon, but he is, there's a difference between him and Clemson's D line. Obviously, we saw Clemson's D-line last year, and they lost a couple of starters for a reason. They had NFL-level guys. Well, the guys who are filling in this year are pretty damn good as well, and they're a more balanced defensive front than Ohio State, who I feel like really focuses on Chase Young for good reason. I mean, he's going to be, if not the first pick, the second pick in the draft. But he is so far and above better than the rest of his line you are able to double him and maybe still get away with it and protect the rest of your guys. I think Clemson has a little bit more firepower. Travis Etienne might be the second most underrated player in college football, only behind Jonathan Taylor. (laughs) What What Etienne did this year was incredible. And how many times did you hear his name this year? Barely any, and he won them some damn football games, too. I mean, he was absolutely outstanding, and you never heard about him. Trevor Lawrence, I, I wouldn't say regressed, but he didn't, I guess he didn't make a notable jump above his ridiculously good freshman year in which he won every game and won the national title 
and could have won a Heisman last year almost. You know, you've got guys like Higgins and Ross catching the ball. I just think Clemson has so much firepower. And obviously, Ohio State, it's not like they've only got one arrow in the quiver. You know, J.K. Dobbins is obviously an incredible running back. Justin Fields, great quarterback. You've got studs all over the field. I just think that Clemson has a little bit of an edge in the talent direction. And a, I hate saying it, but an edge in the coaching as well. Not only Dabo, who, fuck that sanctimonious, holier-than-thou piece of shit, but he's a damn good football coach. But the real X factor here is Brent Venables, who I'm sure they're paying him two and a half million a year, and he's well worth it. Just a God-tier defensive coordinator. What he has done in his tenure at Clemson has been incredible. You give him that much time to scheme. It's not like Ohio State does a ton of tricky stuff. I don't think Ryan Day has a ton of secret playbook stuff hidden away. You know, Justin Fields is really good. J.K. Dobbins is really good. But you know what they are. It's not like there are a lot of aces up the sleeve, I think, when it comes to Ohio State. So I'm going to take Clemson in this game. But, man, this game, I, I will be stunned if it's more than a score in either direction. I think it's going to be a close game. I think this is going to be one of the best games we've gotten this year and honestly in the last couple of years. I cannot wait for this football game. It's going to be great. I cannot wait either. Going to be a hell of a lot of fun. December 28th is going to be awesome. But there is a game that is going to be kicking off all this madness. There is still one more game to pick. (laughs) It is ours, Eddie. I want to. It is ours. It is the. I don't want it. it is, I don't want to do it, right? It is the Camping World Bowl, the most prestigious of all ACC bowls. That is not the Orange Bowl and the Citrus Bowl when the Big Ten's not playing in it. That all be. I don't like sleeping bags. <laughs> RVs. It's an RV company, Eddie. It's it's an RV camper. You can go on a bago. Notre Dame, number 15 team in the nation, comes in as a three and a half point favorite against Iowa State. The total in this one is 54. And Eddie, I chuckled that this we just happened to be picking 11 games because you let us off. And since it's an odd number of games, you get to lead us off and close it out. Fuck Eddie, this I- game. <laughs> I don't want to do this. Why you, couldn't you don't like you, 11 a.m. Central give us Texas? <laughs> give us Texas. We would beat the shit out of Texas. No problem. And get some credit for it <laughs> because because they actually picked the better team and the team. No, that that's, that's that's the I, problem. They did. They actually were not corrupt about this shit. <laughs> I know. No, that's that is the problem. This this is a you know, if I wasn't invested emotionally in this. I would be very excited for this game because it's a it's a very fun matchup. Iowa State, I get they have a seven and five record. Do not let that fool you. It's I not a seven five, and five team, folks. <laughs> their five losses, I think, are by a combined twelve points. Uh, this is a game team. Uh, the the reason for my consternation, uh, formerly 
the greatest Notre Dame podcaster, Rakes of Mallow, uh, put it best of, you know, this is the perfect bowl to end this season where Notre Dame plays great and gets zero credit for it. Because if you beat this Iowa State team, a very good Iowa State team, the reaction from everyone else is going to be, cool, you beat a fucking 7-5 and five team. Who gives a shit? Way to beat Iowa State at 11 o'clock in the morning. yippee ki We just found the it's, Navy of bowl games. But if you lose, holy shit, everyone's <laughs> going to dunk on your ass until the playoff games start. And then once they get over that, three days later, it's going to be, hey, remember when Notre Dame lost to Iowa State? Right. Dummies. And that's going to be the joke. It sucks. It sucks so hard. And the Bulls could have done the corrupt thing and been like, oh, we could get Notre Dame versus Texas and do the big name matchups. And we could beat the shit out of a Texas team that is worse than this Iowa State team, in my opinion. Lost to this Iowa State team. They did. And even though you're not going to get a whole ton of credit for beating a good team, you still get a little bit of revenge for the loss in Austin in overtime because targeting doesn't exist when you dual headshot a receiver and lose a touchdown for it and draw blood and have an 80 year old man try to pick a fight with you in the stands in the seats that you've been in since childhood. (laughs) There's only a little bitterness coming out. Just a little. And that's great. (laughs) Focusing on the game. Talent disparity. Notre Dame should win this flat out. Notre Dame's got more firepower. You look at what Notre Dame has done in November against decent teams, I think is a fair way to put it. You know, we, we made Navy look like a bad team, but that was not a bad Navy team. Stanford obviously sucks. Uh, Virginia Tech made some improvements, obviously late, almost had a shot at the coastal there. Notre Dame is playing very good football right now. Obviously, there are questions about losing offensive coordinator Chip Long, who it turns out more and more everyone fucking hated. Dude, that's whoo, has that been a revelation? There was a story that came out today that Miles Boykin would have come back to Notre Dame, except Chip Long was still here. And he was like, nah, I don't want to deal with that, dude. No shit. I have not read that. That I saw that Whoa. again from mm. Rakes on Twitter. Mm. Had that from somewhere. I hadn't followed up to where it is, so maybe I'm passing notes in class that I shouldn't be. But ooh, well, well look, I, I, I trust was, Rakes, so I, I would as well. And I was not very plugged in. I'm actually going to scroll down there and uh, go find this. Uh, so yeah, so apparently everyone really, really hates Chip Long. Oh, it was Which, okay. I have it. I, I actually found it. Um, it was him retweeting uh, Greg Flaming over from UHND, uh, who said he was listening to the last Irish Illustrated podcast, saying that Miles Boykin would have come back if Chip Long wasn't the offensive coordinator. So that's from go. that's from very plugged in beat reporters, y'all. Wow. So that's uh, that's interesting, and it's kind of crazy, you know. Looking at this year, if you know, the eye test versus actual stats. I went back a couple days ago and looked at Ian Book's stat line for this year. 
and it blew me away because it was all way higher than I would have expected. It was not now, the typical second year regression that we all, well, especially the way he started. He definitely but, made oh, up yeah, for that's, it. See, that's, yeah, that's the, that's the thing is, is the way that it felt versus the way the numbers turned out were very different, uh, very different things. And, and obviously, you know, things like New Mexico and Bowling Green help. Thank you, BBG. Up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But at the same time, I mean, you can't argue with the results in November. Uh, the offense looked really, really good. And now you've got essentially a, a split. I don't know if it's – we haven't heard what the play calling duties are, but Lance Taylor is in charge of the running game. Tommy Reese is in charge of the passing game. <laughs> Everyone seems to assume that this is going to be the Tommy Reese tryout for offensive coordinator. How do you feel about that, Eddie? I'm hoping that this game has nine combined interceptions, <laughs> four of which are returned for a touchdown by Kyle Hamilton, and Notre Dame wins 28 to 10. Because I'm not, you know, we're dealing with a day where Charlie Weiss Jr. just got hired by the University of South Florida as their offensive coordinator. And I just. You don't know how I to deal with this I world. Can't, I can't deal with this shit. My Tommy Reese feelings are well known. And, and look, even if we pull that aside, which I realize that is, that's a, a mental block that I don't know if I'll ever get over when it comes to Tommy Reese. The, the issue for me on this, more than just running a bit, the big thing is, look, this is not Miami of Ohio. This is not Florida Atlantic. You know, we're not running our NCAA 14 dynasty where we all start out as OCs at some bullshit group of five school <laughs> and then work our way up. You do not get your first offensive coordinator job at the goddamn University of Notre Dame. That's just not that's not acceptable. Fuck until boys. No. Hey, I'm, look, the first defensive coordinator job didn't work out too bad. I said offensive coordinator, not defense coordinator. <laughs> Did I stutter? No. Chip no. Long, this was only his second stop, second year. And he got his ass fired. But he also, <laughs> he had a year at Memphis. Look, if, Tom, if Tommy had gotten Northwestern for a year and then comes back, I'm still not going to like it, but I'll deal with it. You're not going to give me... First time ever offensive coordinator at Notre Dame. I refuse it. I rebuke it. I revoke it. That'd be as crazy as doing a first time head coach. <sighs> Ryan. <laughs> I know what you're trying to do, and I will not be your goddamn content monkey yet. What it comes down to, we are picking a football game that doesn't matter at all. Uh, and, and that's part of my concern is I think I was, I could see Iowa state being way more amped up for this. It's, you know, a, they get to go to Florida for the first time ever, which I thought was crazy. This that is, is the first insane. time Iowa state has ever played in the state of Florida. Obviously Notre Dame doesn't do great when they go to Florida. <laughs> I don't know. What was the last Florida Bowl game? Eh? Touche. 
you shan't. That's fair. I was more thinking, you know, Miami. Black to that. I don't know what you're talking about. And Tallahassee. Well, don't forget Navy and Jacksonville. There have been some bad times. (laughs) There have been some real bad times. Uh, But that being said, I I really think the talent disparity is going to win out. Uh, I like Brock Purdy a lot. I think he's a he's a game quarterback. This is an Iowa State team that fights hard. Uh, Matt Campbell, I think, is a fantastic coach. Obviously, there have been plenty of jokes of this is Matt Campbell's tryout for future Notre Dame head coach, which I don't think I would hate at all. Um, but I, I just, when it comes down to it, Notre Dame's got more bullets in the gun, and that helps usually. I don't like the hook. I don't like the fact that I'm going to wake up probably hungover for an 11 a.m. kick. I don't like that we get no credit for this game, but damn it, we're going to take Notre Dame. All right, Eddie. Look at that. After that 20-minute wandering <laughs> jaunt. Hey, look, a good five minutes of that was me trying to draw you offside as well. Um, it felt like 15 minutes of it was that. <laughs> I'm taking the Irish as well. Uh, look, let's look at Iowa State, what they are able to do. This is a team that can both fling it, but is also not really known for scoring points in bunches. Uh, I forgot who said it. Um, I, I, I saw it flying around on Twitter. And God, I really wish I could remember who said this because I thought it was the perfect peg because it's like, okay, so Iowa State's like a slightly worse version of SC. Look, on the offensive side of the ball, mm. that w- I feel like that's somewhat correct uh, because it's only, it's not really to knock Iowa State. It's because the potential of the home run threats and the talent potential is not the same as SC. And look, we all know our defensive god, Clark Lee, was able to handle that just fine. Now, I don't think Notre Dame's going to have to have three safeties over the top full-time against Iowa State, but it's something that the Irish have seen, they're able to adjust well to, and we know we have another defensive god in Kyle Hamilton back there as well, which very much helps out. So, you have that, and, and so we've stopped what I feel is a better offensive potential. Now, look, Iowa State is is a team that will play anybody tight. They will play anybody close. They were a two-point conversion away from knocking off OU. OU may not even be the sacrificial lamb right now if Iowa State ends up doing, and they did the right thing. They went for two. If that actually works out, we're having a different conversation about who LSU was murdering in the Peach Bowl. But what it comes down to, Eddie, is there is the talent and one Tommy Rees is here to fulfill his destiny, Eddie. He is here to, he, it has been written. It is in the stars. Touchdown Jesus knows that touchdown Tom has come to lift this offensive unit up and to eventually ascend to the throne as Notre Dame's eventual head coach. Embrace it, Eddie. It'll happen so much. God, I hate you so much. It'll happen. And this is the game that we will look back on Eddie when we were all hung over on a Saturday morning, sitting there trying to have a little bit of lunch, trying to sit there, have a little hair of the dog. And we're looking at that Tommy Reese offense, the moment that it took off. 
You're, you're making my hangover preemptively so much worse. The moment that we knew we had a head coaching dynasty from BK to Thomas Rees set in stone for the next 40 years. Does Tommy Reese get a accolade better than a citrus bowl? Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Look, jokes aside, and me trying to kill Eddie aside. Because <laughs> I can't maintain that any longer. Uh, look, I am excited about uh, not just Tommy Reese being able to handle this, but apparently Chip Long was a little bit more of a pain in the ass than anybody realized. And apparently it was one of those. And this is kind of the thing that that sucks about people on the beat is they kind of know, but they're not going to report it to kind of blow up and, you know, elevate something that the team obviously doesn't want out there until it's kind of like, okay, he's gone. Yeah. By the way, this was a thing. Um, so it's very interesting. And also when you kind of look back and think about everything that kind of happened this season with the, the frustrating side of the offense. You know, that Virginia Tech game, I think multiple things clicked one way or the other because after that game uh, and after Book, you know, had that touchdown, it was like it felt like the shackles got taken off one way or the other. And I can't explain it. I know people are having rumors that Tommy Rees was actually calling, pulling the strings behind Chip Long. I don't buy that for a second. That just feels way too convenient. That feels way too 2020 hindsighty. But it feels like, What I have a feeling is that BK actually sat down with Chip and said, stop being fucking, you know, I said I wanted y'all to be stubborn. I didn't mean restrict Ian. Look, we know what you want him to run, but he's your best rusher. Let him rush. Let him roll with it. Just stop being an ass and just let him play football. Because after that moment, after that weight got lifted off of Book's shoulders, it was a totally different football team. And look, I know they weren't playing the same amount of talent as what they were in the beginning of the season. I get that. And Iowa State is definitely a level up from what the Irish played in November. But I am expecting this to keep rolling. For whatever knocks you want to have on BK, more often than not, especially in these sleepy-ass games when you think the Irish aren't going to show up, that actually hadn't been the problem. The problem's been showing up for the big ass games. This yeah. little like business trip ass stuff or whatever you want to call it, they've been fine showing up to that, no problem. And yeah, the last time that they got actual time to prep and prepare on a Florida Bowl game, it ended up pretty working out pretty decent in their favor. And look, that was a very hair pulling, aggravating game. And look, Iowa State probably going to cause some similar aggravation. They're a good football team. They're going to. This is their Super Bowl. I would love to make a prop bet on whether or not the Camping World Bowl is going to run out of bush light because the last game that Iowa State fans <laughs> came down, they fucking drank the city. I forgot where they were, but they drank the whole city out of fucking bush light. Well, and as you pointed out, the uh, the Camping World Twitter account, which I think is still run by my boy, Matt. Shout out, Matt, if it is him. It's actually uh, different now. Tweet it's like, else. I don't know, 50 pallets of bush light showing up to the stadium <laughs> and tagging the Iowa State football account or whatever. It was really smart. That was, that was pretty good. It was like, hey, Iowa, Iowa State went shopping today. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So look, this is and like in addition, in addition to plenty of bush light, the players are doing pretty well in this game. Oh, oh, let's hear this gift suite. I mean, this Four, is a tier one bowl. Let's hear this. 
$400 Best Buy gift card. Woo! Which right off the bat, you know, Yo. get yourself a, a new PS Pro, Xbox One X, like you're in good shape there. You get a new watch. You get a Herschel backpack with okay. a luggage tag. Nice. I assume that's a good backpack company. I don't know. That's but pretty you nice. give a, if you give if you gave me in college a four hundred dollar Best Buy gift card, ooh, your boy is happy. Oh yeah, there's there's a lot of stuff you can do there. That that's a new TV. That's a decent TV for the dorm room, like you said. That is a a next gen system. You got some Christmas deals going on right now. Um, shit, you could get like if you if you wanted to go the Switch side, you could get a Switch Lite and a shit ton of games. I mean, you can you can do a lot of damage there. You get some nice headphones. You get a good stereo. There's a lot of shit. Four hundred bucks is nice. That's awesome. Yeah, uh, so a pretty solid, pretty solid haul there. But yeah, look at, at the end of the day, I do think Notre Dame is the more talented team, and, and that will show. And I'm expecting whatever offensive renaissance that book hit, whatever's clicked, I'm expecting it to keep going. Jokes about Tommy Reese aside. I have no idea if this will actually be the game that quote unquote elevates him to offensive coordinator. I think internally there's a lot of people pulling from him because it, it seems like kind of reading <sighs> in between the lines. And but well, I mean internally, I mean the players themselves, which you're, yeah, you're no, probably the gonna pl- take players part. love them and and I do appreciate that. Again, a lot of this is a bit and a lot of it is an old grudge that <laughs> someday I'll get away from, but Honestly, you know, part big connection for soon to be five star quarterback recruit Buckley is uh, old Omas Ruiz. <laughs> so he's uh, he is making good connections. Obviously, the fact that they were able to keep this class together that just came in, which was a fantastic class, to not lose anybody, even though you lose your offense coordinator, that's a good deal. It is a good deal, but. I, I think more more of what I, I, I was uh, leaning into is that apparently Tommy was kind of the antithesis of whatever Chip Long was throwing down and, and kind of glued some stuff together, which it's kind of hilarious that Tommy Rees, again, is kind of the glue that holds something together at Notre Dame. Holy crap, he seems to be doing this shit a lot. Just saying. Sure wasn't a drive that he led. <laughs> Sorry. Go. It's 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 like you hit my knee with a mallet. I can't. I like just involuntarily came out. <laughs> oh, that's the reaction I was going for. All right, but yeah, let's turn the page over, Ryan. We're, we're gonna move on. Look, what, what I'm trying to say is, I I think they're gonna be in a good mindset. I, I think they're gonna be happy to kind of let loose here. The motivation will be there. I'm not worried about that. I am worried about my own mental health in this game because it, it's going to be aggravating. So brace yourselves. This is what Iowa State does. At the end of the day, though, I like the Irish to cover. And folks, there you have it. An extended look. We're into the big bowl games now. Um, and then we will drop off a fucking cliff after we pick a few more of them. <laughs> and then it's going to go back to what the this game actually exists type shit. Uh, but that's it. It's time to start focusing on Christmas now, y'all. Go ahead and lead us out, Eddie. Well, it's it's there's a lot of good ball games coming up. Before we totally leave the camping world, Ryan, can I pitch something to you? Let's hear it. 
I haven't looked at it, but I kind of like the idea of a Iowa State first half Notre Dame game. Okay. My my logic being, okay, this is going to be frustrating. It's going to be annoying. I could see Iowa State like coming out with some crazy trick play and taking maybe a small lead into half. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to see if my local has a first half line already. Yeah, and they I'm, usually don't this far in advance. Yeah, they don't have them up. And, take, and give it's only three and a half. But actually what might be, I don't know, either a, a first half Iowa State or a first half under is somewhat intriguing of a, oh God, it's so early and we're hungover and this sucks <laughs> and I hate it. <laughs> Just leaning into that feels like it might be worth something. But, oh, children, this Saturday is so full. I mean, hey, all of the consternation of the Michigan game is You want that first half number? I'm sorry to cut you off. Yo, please, if you've got one, please. Uh, Notre Dame at two and a half. Okay, do you ha- is there a first half total? Uh, the first half total is 27. Ooh. Might, I might like a first half under there. Kind of a slow, sleepy start. I don't know. Two and a half isn't really worth messing with, but a slow, sleepy under for the first half can be fun. But anyway, what we're getting to is this has been a damn fun Notre Dame team this year. You know, obviously the Michigan game kind of, I, I don't want to say ruined November because it didn't ruin November. November was great, but it, I feel like everybody just sort of swept Notre Dame under the rug, including us. You know, you kind of just forgot about us after we were out of contention. And this team's been playing great football, and it's a damn fun team to watch. I mean, you got guys like Braden Lindsey getting in there and being, I don't know, running a 3-2-40 or whatever the hell he does. He's crazy fast. Ian Book remembered how to be Ian Book, and he's back to being funny in Book, which is really, really fun to watch. We get one more chance with these guys, and that's going to be a lot. We've got two incredible playoff games Saturday night, which are going to be a hell of a lot of fun. And we're running out of college football with some great matchups. And I, you know, Ryan is correct that maybe the, uh, the bowls after this week are not exactly high caliber, but there's also some super fun matchups. I mean, we get to watch Michigan, Alabama, which is just hilarious in and of itself. <laughs> oh, I can't but wait. <laughs> we're going to, we're going to get into plenty of fun the next week as well. Uh, but I do, before I send you off with some heartfelt feelings, I do think it's interesting that, you know, Ryan and I are only opposing each other in two games. And they are both two games due to Ryan's deep, lifelong, <laughs> emotional asshole. fanaticisms, really, with his connections to A&M and noted Southern Cal enthusiast, ND Tech, supporting the Trojans once again. And, you know, I'm not one to kink shame, <laughs> but this this perversion that he continues to put out on the airwaves is honestly sickening and i wish i had the power to stop it for you all but 
it's his podcast, so I, I can't do anything about it. But I mean, by now, surely y'all are smart enough to not let children listen to this. If you haven't figured that out by now, y'all are some dumb fucking idiots. <laughs> but with all that being said, on this Festivus, December 23rd, Ryan, it's time for the airing of grievances. And oh, I have so many with you people. <laughs> but I don't think we have enough time left on the tape. So we'll save that for a bonus episode for the $300 a month Patreon subscribers. <laughs> Go to patreon.com slash Mac. We'll, we'll get you set up for that. I don't hope know if you that's all a valid a, address. <laughs> hope you all have a Merry Christmas. Uh, a happy Hanukkah uh, for those who've already started uh, and whatever else you may celebrate. I hope you enjoy it. We'll get to New Year's. I think we come back before New Year's, so we'll get to that later. Yeah, we'll, we'll be back here on Sunday. You get to hear us one more time in 2019, which is definitely like 28 times too many for this year. <laughs> I love you all. Merry Christmas. Hail, hail Gambler. Go Irish. All right, and that'll do it for us. Thank you for all of y'all that hung on to us over here at twitch.tv slash Sons. Come join us Thursday, December 26th for The Sim. And of course, you can subscribe to this podcast over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast feeds at. Come join us on Discord. That is our live chat channel, herlittlesons.com slash Discord. And of course, you can always find us at our home at herlittlesons.com. Until next show, time y'all. Go Irish. Merry Christmas. Beat Cyclones. Have a good one. Bye.